Welcome to Communicate to Lead, the podcast that empowers leaders and aspiring leaders to communicate with clarity and impact. I'm Kenny Belton, CEO and successful entrepreneur and your host for today. I'm here to equip you with all the essential tools and strategies to master effective communication and lead your team to success. As the founder and CEO of The Tailored Approach, my goal is to empower you to be the best leader you can be. So sit back, relax, and join me in today's episode as we dive into the art of communicating like a true leader. My guest today is no one other than Tiffany Human, and she is backed by popular demand. If you've been following the Communicate to Lead podcast for a while, I'm pretty sure you've come across Tiffany's very popular interview from 2022 called Nail Your Next Job Interview with Tiffany's Three C's. It was concise. It was clear. It was compelling. And I've been getting some really great feedback on that. So that's one of the most downloaded episode on my podcast. And if you haven't listened to the episode, you need to go check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes so you don't have to scramble and try and find it. Just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you straight to that episode. Okay, so for those of you who don't know Tiffany, I mean, by the way, where the heck are you if you don't know her? She's a globally recognized career strategy coach and workplace expert. She's a former senior director at L'Oreal, where she achieved seven promotions in under 10 years. Isn't that amazing? She now empowers high achievers to become the top 1% in their own careers. So they quantum leap their confidence, growth, and income without compromising their well-being. I think that's probably my favorite. She is a sought-after instructor on LinkedIn. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so honored to be here. And it's amazing to hear how our episode last year got such an incredible response. It was an amazing one to do. And I'm excited for today's as well. It was a lot of fun. And I'm so glad you're back. We could get our schedules to align. Because I know you have so much to offer. I follow you on LinkedIn. I follow you on Instagram. And every time a video of yours pops up, I know I got to stand still. I got to watch it because there's always tons of value for that. So thank you for always giving so much value to everyone in your community, outside your community, without even thinking about it. We need more people like you. Oh, that's really kind of you to say. <laughs> I appreciate it. And honestly, it's coming from a good place. I, I wish I had more of me when I was going through my career. Okay. And it's really all about paying it forward and supporting this incredible generation of talent to bring out their very best. And of course, help very actively in removing any guesswork or struggle that they might otherwise go through on their own. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said it so well. Imagine if we had the incredible coaches and strategists that we have today. Where would we have been? So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you are doing what you do. And even though it's been a while that we've talked, I figured we'd start with this question. Tell us a little bit about what you have been up to over the last year. Oh, yeah. It's been a, it's been a great year. 
honestly, a lot's have been happening. Um, we've continued to coach incredible clients from around the world in my primary coaching program called Career Success Fast Track and seeing some life-changing wins happen on a regular basis. I also actually created a new mentorship program, which was something I wanted to do for quite some time, Kaylee, in terms of setting professionals up for inevitable success, as I like to call my program, but really in navigating the day-to-day work dynamics, because I'm a huge believer that those micro moments make a huge difference (laughs) in how you actually set yourself up for accelerated success. And so we really dive into a lot of very pertinent and relevant workplace topics that aren't really addressed in a very practical and actionable way with methods that work. Um, On top of that, I've become a LinkedIn learning instructor, which has been an amazing journey. Uh, I'm just so honored to be able to support over 400,000 learners now through my courses. And I have another one actually coming up this Friday. Um, So it's been a a wild year in in that regard. Um, And of course, just really continuing to push and challenge myself in new ways. Um, I've recently created an amazing newsletter for free. um, And it's really high value in terms of practical, implementable, actionable steps to bring out the peak performer in you. Um, so those are definitely some highlights so far. There's probably <laughs> a lot of micro things in there too, but those are those are some of my pr- proudest achievements so far this year, for sure. Oh, and you should be. You know, I went on earlier this week, I went on to LinkedIn just to kind of check out your nano course. And one of the tips that I saw there said, to ask yourself a specific question, this question was, what would have happened if I wasn't there? And I thought, Wow, what a powerful question. Tell us a little bit more about that specific question. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so well tied to today's episode together. Absolutely. Because when we talk about advocating for ourselves, Mm -hmm. it's often easy to undermine or underestimate some of the amazing things and impact that we create. And so I love this question, and it's something I reference all the time. So I'm, (laughs) I'm really happy that it stood out to you. But really just taking a moment to ask yourself, what wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there? The gold within this question is that not only does it allow you to become a lot clearer on the impact that you've specifically made, but it also allows you to more easily distinguish between your impact and value versus that of the team. And as a leader in a manager role, this is all the more important where we are normally managing other individuals, right? So a lot Uh of the results is also dependent on them and how we lead our teams. Yet as the leader, we still play a very pivotal role in mobilizing that type of result and improvement and progress. And so this question is one that really helps unlock much of that clarity and focus and how you can best articulate and advocate for yourself. I love that because it comes back to what's the impact that I've had as a leader? What's the impact I've had in the workplace? And I think we tend to, as you said, underestimate or undervalue that. And that brings me to the next question that I saw or something else that you mentioned in your Nano course was stop saying we. Uh huh. Why is it important to stop saying we when we're talking about our achievements or the things that we have done? Absolutely. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There is a time and place for we. But when we are talking about advocating for ourselves, we need to get comfortable with saying I, right? Because if we say we, it doesn't make clear your impact within that overall outcome, right? You're merging it with the team effort, a, a 
greater group effort. And so if you're talking with your boss, HR, management, we sounds great to them because they're still getting the outcome. Absolutely. But it doesn't give you the proper highlighting that you need to showcase your direct contribution. And so you really want to use those moments strategically to get comfortable saying, I did this. I led that. I spearheaded this. I drove that forward and still giving acknowledgement to the team and others through we where needed. Um, just really key to dis- distinguish between that effectively. Okay. Wow. You know, this directly links to, as I'm listening to you talking, I'm thinking about my own leadership coaching clients. And something that often creeps up is imposter syndrome. That having to own your impact, having to own the difference that you've made in the workplace, how you've led your team, how you have driven results. Many women leaders mention that imposter syndrome is a barrier for for advocating confidently for themselves. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this is prevalent among women? And what are the best strategies to overcome it? Oh, yeah. I'm so happy you brought this forward. I actually just did a a really deep dive newsletter on on really harnessing imposter syndrome for your success Mm -hmm. because it's critical, right? And I think especially as female leaders where we tend to sometimes second guess ourselves or think, am I really ready for this next step? It's a little bit of that mindset piece that gets in the way of really owning our greatness in these roles. (laughs) Rather you know, being able to take on these positions. Yes, it's going to be a learning. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to feel uncomfortable, maybe even nerve wracking, but you're there for a reason. And being able to double down and really believe in yourself in those moments is, is half the battle. The other thing is knowing that it's okay to, to test and learn and fail, right? Yes. Absolutely. You know, that just, uh, our failure reframe that's needed where like, what's the worst that can really happen? Mm-hmm. Something might not go exactly as you plan, but it's really how you respond from that. That's going to show your true character. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a great thing that you can do. And it, you'll be able to lead by example in doing that. Mm-hmm. I've certainly had moments in my own career where I felt imposter syndrome, but I was, I said, you know what? I, I got to give it my best shot. I'm going to push through and it was scary, but my team actually really respected and admired me more because of that, because they saw the vulnerability side, right? They saw that I'm human and I have similar concerns and worries that they might have, but the key is not letting that hold you back. And okay. so you, you're absolutely right that we need to be able to get past imposter syndrome, but rather see it as a good sign that we're challenging ourselves, that we're pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. And that is, is all the right things that you're doing for you as you grow in your career. And the key is making sure, how do you, how do you approach that? How do you respond back from that? So it doesn't cripple or stifle you in the type of impact and influence that you can have. So many good things. And one of them that stands out, as you mentioned, vulnerability. When your team sees you being vulnerable, they, it inspires them. It, it, it gives them permission to also keep pushing forward. My question is, how can women leaders balance vulnerability with gender stereotypes? You know, women, we are, we are told to be vulnerable, but at the same time, we're told to be confident. So how do we bring those two together? It's a great question. And my gosh, eh, don't we have a lot on our shoulders as yes, professional females absolutely. and female leaders? <laughs> you know, I, and I find this really fascinating because it's the type of conversation that we won't really find professional men having. Yes. And, then, and I think this is a really important acknowledgement moment that mm-hmm. 
we sometimes have to take that extra effort. Hopefully with time, that's going to minimize and minimize. And if I have anything to do with it, I'm going to continue to support with you and contributing towards that mission. But at the end of the day, it's it's so key to make sure that we're not standing in our own way, right? 100%. And imposter syndrome is, is one of those things that we need to, yes, balance the vulnerability with the assertiveness. And part of that could come through really effective communication skills. And a lot is how we actually deliver our messages and the tonality and the professionalism and the body language that we use. But one way that I really love embracing vulnerability in showcasing that more human side, even when pushing through imposter syndrome, is through empathy and really connecting with the other party in a more meaningful and human way. When people feel understood and feel heard and seen, it's a superpower. (laughs) It's probably one of the most powerful soft skills that you can leverage that will bring forward that vulnerability, that openness, that transparency without diminishing your credibility as a leader. And the more that you can really tap into that, you'll, you're going to have that balance of assertiveness when that time is needed for assertiveness and also empathy when that moment of vulnerability might be more relevant for you. And talking about empathy and connection, what would you say if you had to offer one to two top strategies in terms of how we can connect meaningfully with others, what would you say? Uh, take the time to understand them beyond the professional that they are. Hey, I mean, so often we just talk business, 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 business. Absolutely. There's a person behind every professional and it's just been the philosophy I've taken pretty much the entirety of my career and it paid off. (laughs) And so I love (laughs) coaching on this because there's a lot of power in that, right? I actually had one of my clients just tell me yesterday that she used one of these exact techniques in onboarding in her new role. She's more at a director level. So she's managing people. She's building new relationships. And she said, you know what? I actually talked with one of my new stakeholders that I'm going to be collaborating with. And I asked, I asked her, what's one of the biggest pain points that you have right now that I can support you on? And this other stakeholder was just so pleasantly surprised and taken aback. The first response was, wow, no one's ever actually asked me that. And it just allowed them to build such an immediate trust. Like she literally just started this new role last week and she got a sense of immediate trust thanks to that question because she took the time to go that level deeper. And Through that, the beauty of it is that when you ask these types of questions to go that deeper level, you can actually use that insight to your advantage in better supporting them, better communicating together, understanding what's top of mind in their consideration set. So it actually fosters a really meaningful relationship right out of the gate. And it's the type of thing that you want to continue to nurture along the way. So that's definitely one key way that you can leverage it. I think another way is also in fostering collaboration in times of conflict. For me, it's a big focus when we deal with difficult situations. And as female leaders, we are going to face a lot of that, right? 100%. And so you don't want to come at it from a place of combativeness, right? Where it's me versus you. I love really bringing this philosophy that it's us versus the problem. It's us versus the challenge. It's us versus the opportunity. It doesn't have to be a me versus you because you're always going to lose in that, that setting. And it's going to bring out defensiveness in the other person. Starting with empathy, again, understanding where they're really coming from, trying to put yourself in their shoes, understanding why they might've behaved in a certain way, why they might've done something that didn't sit so well with you, whatever the situation might be, it's going to give you a lot more receptivity in how they receive your message. And so that's another great way as leaders that we can use empathy very strategically in our communication strategy. I love that because that all comes back to 
really leaning into curiosity and getting to know the person, asking them questions instead of making assumptions, instead of focusing on, on business as usual, but really getting to know the person by one, asking questions and then two, active listening. So I love that you tying that all neatly together in terms of connecting with others and being empathic. 100%. Let's talk communicating value. How can women leaders effectively communicate their value and accomplishments without being perceived as boastful or bragging? Because it often has that negative connotation, but at some point you have to communicate what you've done, Mm -hmm. the results you've driven, and the impact you've had not only on your team, but perhaps on the larger company or organization. Absolutely. And communicating your value isn't egotistical. It's not being cocky. It's necessary. It really, really is. And I, I had to learn that the hard way, you know, for a long time in the outset of my career, I was expecting people to just know what I was doing. I expected my boss to advocate for me. I thought that, Hey, if I just do the work and get the results, everything else is perfect, right? It's just going to fall into place. And that's really a harsh wake up call. I think a lot of female professionals and leaders need to face at one point. And so we have no choice but to communicate our value and advocate for the value that we bring. And I think there's one really important point I want to share here, which is do not minimize or diminish the value that you bring. And what I mean here, and I see this often with female leaders, is we go to a bit of a default of, well, I'm just doing my job or like it's no big Mm -hmm. deal or it's just what I was asked to do, right? But again, you brought impact, you brought results through those efforts. So you don't want to diminish compliments or praise that you receive. You don't want to brush off things that you've worked really hard on. You don't want to do that towards your team either, right? Because they're also hoping to get recognition. So if you're passing on that type of mentality, it's probably going to reflect badly on them in their own progression. So that's just a sort of an important side point to communicating (laughs) our value to make sure that we don't just already shoot ourselves in the foot by diminishing the value that we actually have created. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of actually communicating it, I really love recommending a three-part structure. I'm big on you know templates to keep it simple and easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about accomplishments and wins, I really recommend communicating it in three ways. So what you've done, how you've done it, and the result that it's created. So the what you've done is almost that initial context. What was the initial situation? What was the initial challenge, problem, opportunity area? You give a little bit of color there. Then you move into the how. The beauty of the how is that this is a great way to integrate your own strengths, things that are distinctively you that led you to work through to that next piece, which is the result or outcome. Mm. And then the result piece is what, what came from this? What was the so what of doing this? And we really want to ensure as female leaders that we're not just talking about our job duties, things that we're expected to do, but really the accomplishment, the outcome that came from delivering on that job duty and what it means for the business. Uh And that's a really important distinction, once again, that I find a lot of female professionals as a whole, we don't really nail. (laughs) We don't really nail it. And it leaves us wanting more. It leaves things that should be articulated, should be communicated just off the table completely. Uh And, And it's just golden moments that are passing you by. So the more that you can really follow this what, how result structure and almost help that be second nature to you, the better. And if any of our listeners want a few pointers and tips of how to start with that, you don't have to say things as 
harshly as I did this. I accomplished that if it feels comfortable. We'll work up to that. I'll make sure that everyone is saying that. But I know for, for a lot of females who aren't necessarily used to advocating for themselves in that way, that might feel really uncomfortable to start saying that. So other alternatives that I really like to recommend are things like, you know, one project that I'm really proud of is, or one thing that I, I was able to really lead was, you know, or um, one task that I, I was able to bring to light, mm-hmm. but gives you a little bit more massaging uh-huh. in the delivery. And so use these strategies as you see fit. But the most important thing is making sure that you are communicating. It. Yes. Do not assume people just know that you're the one that's brought that value. That is a huge mistake that will backfire every time. Tiffany, I can so 100% relate to that because often in my coaching sessions, I have to remind the women that I coach, people are so busy. It's not that they don't want to see the impact you having or the impact you're making or the results you're getting. They are just too busy. So if you don't open up your mouth and actually say it in so many words, they're not going to see it. They have so many things going on and your structure is so beautiful. The what, how results. I mean, this is amazing. I love the fact that you also acknowledged that for some of us, it can be hard to say, I did this. They're just putting, claiming it outright is not as easy for some of my clients. So I love that you gave us some alternatives in terms of say what we could say while still conveying the same message, while still conveying the fact that, hey, I've made a difference. This wouldn't have happened if I wasn't here. And I'll tell you why. Exactly. You know, it, it reminds me of a, of a moment that was my wake-up call of why this is so important. I was in a, a, a review with what, one of my bosses at the time, a female boss. She was a wonderful. And I was talking about my accomplishments, or so I thought I was talking <laughs> about my accomplishments. And I had a team at that time. It was one of my first roles as a people manager. And so it was very new to me in how to advocate for myself, but also advocate for my team. And I'm, I'm the type that's very selfless. So I love celebrating my team. I love giving them recognition. Uh-huh. I've always done that. And it's something that I, I think helped them really thrive in what they were able to achieve. But she stopped me at one moment as I was speaking, because I was using a lot of we, a lot of the team in my wording. She said, Tiffany, you know, I want to, I want to stop you there. I'm noticing that you're talking about a lot of the things that you've actually done, but almost positioning it as if it's like the team that's done all of that. But you, you've done a lot of this. And she's right. like, luckily for you, I, I know this because we work so closely together, but I want to raise this because you want to be able to adapt that with who you speak to that's more senior, right? Mm. If you're talking to our CEO, they're not going to know that, right? If you're talking to some other senior directors or, or VPs, they're not going to know that. And and it was really the, the feedback I needed to hear to say, okay, how can I find my way of still acknowledging my value and my impact, but also bringing light and, and celebration to my team? And that's where that question developed for me. That was just kind of a guiding light of what <laughs> wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there and finding ways of getting more strategic and clever on saying I, without it always being just a direct type of statement. Oh my gosh, so many good things. Well, thank goodness for having a mentor like that who was willing to stop you and say, hey, 
you are directly hurting yourself and this is how you can shift that. Yeah, I was really appreciative of that. Honestly, to this day, I'm a huge advocate of feedback for that reason, right? And this is actually really important when it comes to self-advocacy because sometimes we don't speak up about what we do. Sometimes we don't ask for feedback because we're worried about what we might hear in return. What if it's not what we're hoping to hear? My philosophy on this is always, wouldn't you rather know than not know? Because simply by not asking doesn't mean that the other person isn't thinking it. They absolutely are still thinking it. Uh You're just not giving yourself the opportunity to act on it because Mm. you don't know. Right. And you don't want to be naive here, right? You don't want to turn a blind eye. This is your career. It's too important to leave to chance. Uh And so use those moments to seek out feedback and use that in an opportunity to further advocate for yourself. Maybe you're going to get feedback that helps you see things you're really good at that you've been underestimating. Maybe you're going to see what people pick up on regarding you and your professionalism or your character or your personal brand. Say, oh, that's actually really good. I didn't realize that, right? So there's there's so much insight all around us. And I really want our listeners to tap into that to help them become the top 1% in their own careers. Well, touching on handling feedback and asking for feedback, how do you ask for feedback? Because I, I know I have a particular structure that I use, but I'm keen to hear how you help your high achievers ask for feedback and really solicit good feedback. Because often when we ask the question, hey, well, Tiffany, what feedback, uh, do you have any feedback for me? The answer might be, no, you're good. You're doing fine. And that <laughs> is not really helpful to anyone who actually wants to improve or is at least looking to see what am I doing well? What do I need to be celebrating? And then what do I need to continue working on? Uh, you're so right. I'm really happy you brought that forward because if there's one pet peeve I have, it's surface level feedback, whether negative surface level feedback or positive surface level feedback. You don't want to just ask this very open question of, do you have feedback for me? Because yes, most likely you're going to be met with feedbacks like, you're doing great. Uh-huh. Keep it up. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Yes. And, and that's not necessarily bad feedback, but it's not actionable feedback. Uh-huh that's not going to help you become a better version of yourself. And so I always take that lens of how can I ask for feedback that will help me become a better version of myself. And the way I do that is I ask very specific questions. So as an example, let's say one of our listeners just delivered a presentation and she goes to her manager after, maybe it's her VP in her organization. And she says, you know what? I, I, I would love to get your feedback. How do you find that presentation when? And the VP says, oh, it was great. Uh-huh. I wouldn't stop there. Most people probably would. Yes. Like, oh, that's amazing. Okay. I did <laughs> I great. Good. Back, yes. to, back, to, back to work. <laughs> right. But for me, I said, okay. So I would follow up as an example and say, like, thank you so much for sharing that feedback. I'm really happy that you found that it went great. May I ask, what specifically did you find was particularly good about the presentation? And if you find that they're still not giving you specifics, you can volunteer specifics. Yes. Was, it, was it my delivery? Was it the, the format of the presentation? Was it mm-hmm. how I engaged with the audience? I'd, I'd love to get your additional thoughts on that, right? And what's so good for the other party who's giving you this feedback, especially if they're senior leaders, is it shows them that you are really into continuous learning and improvement, mm-hmm. that you want to become a better version of yourself. That's why you're asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would just leave things at face value and that's it. So 
always take it that step further. They're going to be open to sharing it with you. And this is particularly important for any type of leader or manager that you might be working with who has a tendency of not giving very detailed feedback. Uh You almost need to bring it out of them by asking very specific questions as to where you want that feedback to generate from. Uh And then you can use that more to your advantage in your next steps and actions and behaviors that you continue to to use. I love that. Great. That's exactly the lines that I use when it comes to getting feedback, because the difference between, as you call it, surface level feedback, it's just about, oh, I feel good about myself. Yes, I did it. I nailed it. I'm good. Checkpoint. I can move on (laughs) versus I truly want to learn what I did well, perhaps what I can continue working on, because now I know what I can replicate the next time I do another presentation or I do a keynote at a conference. I know what to nail. I know what to work on. And I know how to keep getting better at what I'm doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's a tough question. And and we've kind of been talking about it a little bit, but how can women navigate the fine line between being perceived as too aggressive when they are advocating for themselves and they are very clear on what they've done, how they've done it, and how they've driven results versus being too passive when it comes to advocating for themselves. Yeah. A good way around this, and it's unfortunate that we still deal with those types of commentaries or worries, but let's face the elephant in the room, right? It still happens. And so a good way around that is to bring the way that you frame your accomplishments back to the business and what's in it for them. When you're framing things in a way that's mutually beneficial, where you're showing, hey, this is what I've done. I've led this. I've contributed to this. I've I've brought a lot of value here. And you share very clearly how that benefits the overall business as it aligns with the objectives of the organization, the objectives of your division, whatever that might be. You're going to get less and less of these feedbacks around being too aggressive, too forward, because you're you're doing what they need you to do. And they're seeing the dots connecting a lot clearer than just boasting or talking about ourselves for the sake of talking about ourselves. So I, I always try to bring it back to have that purpose, mm-hmm. have that, that common connection and, and line that weaves through what you share being your self-advocacy, your accomplishments, mm-hmm. and bring it back to the business and what's, why it's relevant for them. Why is this important for them? And this is a really great communication strategy as a whole too, that the more that you understand what's in it for them, your other party, whoever they are, if it's a leadership team, they're going to be a lot more receptive, Mm -hmm. right? And especially, like I said earlier, for approaching it as almost us towards the challenge, the opportunity, the outcome, whatever it is, they're also going to feel a lot more collaborative in nature in terms of the type of conversation that you're having. When we tend to get those feedbacks around being too aggressive or forward, it's likely because you're rubbing someone the wrong way. Uh And and that could be them, by the way, let's be clear, (laughs) right? It could just be that they are threatened, that here's this incredible, smart, intelligent, well-polished, female leader who Mm -hmm. clearly has her stuff together. Yes. And, you know, she is on point every single time. Some people might feel threatened by that. That's their insecurities, not yours, Mm -hmm. but they could project it onto you. And so I think it's also just good to recognize that sometimes when we get these feedbacks, it's a lot more about the other person than it has anything to do with us. And be confident 
in what you have to share. No one should ever make you feel that you have to dim your light or minimize your level of self-advocacy because they don't feel as comfortable with it. But when you do frame it with the what's in it for them and how this is relevant for them and how it benefits the business and the goals that they're looking to achieve anyways, you're going to get a lot less of that type of response. Wow. Beautiful. And this leads me into, you know, what's in it for them is probably something we can also use when we are seeking opportunities proactively, whether it's new responsibilities, whether it's a raise, whether it's the opportunity to lead a bigger team. I can imagine that plays that place into that. How would you recommend my listeners seek out new opportunities and advocate why they are the right person for the job? Building your business case here is really important right? Because they might have an option of candidates that they would want to take this on. What you want to do in building your business case is remove all of the guesswork as to why you are the one they should choose. And a lot of this is, again, going to come through asking the right questions, understanding really what they're looking for. What are the goals that they want to achieve from this project? What types of qualities are they looking for in the person that's going to take this on? You could do this all through exploratory types of conversations. Take the initiative to book them. Say, hey, I hear that this is up and coming. I would love to be directly involved in that. Can you share a little bit more with me on what what would be your vision? By the end of the year, what would you want this project to look like? What would you have hoped we would have achieved by that point? And already shows you're like taking an active interest, invested interest even in this. They're going to like that. And then you can go back, build that a bit into your business case and have a follow-up meeting Uh a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, where you could also have involved your manager just for their additional input and say, look, you know what? I really appreciated our conversation from three weeks ago. It gave me a lot to think about. And I have to say, I'm I'm really confident that I am the right person to take this on. And here's why. And then that's where you could tap into your own track record of things that you've done that concretely show that you have the capabilities for what they were mentioning that they needed. Yes. You can show that you've done similar things. And if you can do it before, you can do it again and help them visualize you in that role. Help them see what you are going to do by taking this on. And that could be bringing ideas, solutions, things that you would implicate right out of the gate by taking that initiative into your own hands. And it it works beautifully. I can tell you, I've done this quite a few times in my own career at L'Oreal. For instance, at one point, I was a senior marketing director on one of our biggest uh, billion-dollar brands for the group. (laughs) And In my local market, we were often used as like a test market for our U.S. counterparts. And so I knew that. And I said, okay, there's some projects on the horizon. Nice. And I was on on the marketing side, right? I wasn't on the general management side at that time. I was on the marketing side. But I said, (laughs) you know what? I think there's something that I can further tap into here. And by asking more questions and understanding what was on the horizon, I learned that there were some key projects that our corporate department was looking to roll out to one of the different retail brands in the L'Oreal group. (laughs) And I said, I want that for my brand. And so I proactively reached out to the people leading that in the corporate teams. And I did exactly what I just shared. I asked the right questions. I brought that back. I put together my own business case as to why my brand would be the right one to be that that test market, the (laughs) one that could pilot this for the rest of the retail brands in the group. Uh And we got it. And then the beauty of this was that it gave even more exposure and visibility because it was such a top priority project for our overall 
group. And it gave also a lot of exposure on a global level as well. And so these were things that wouldn't have come to me if I didn't say a word. I had to advocate in those moments and try to connect the dots proactively, but also in a way that was still very authentic and natural and felt genuine based off the relationships that I had formed as well. So I, I hope that's a good story and example for our listeners of, you know, the opportunities are all around us. Mm. Just be proactive in aligning yourself with them, (laughs) have the right conversations, build the needed connections, do the proper follow through, and you are going to come out on top every time. Mm -hmm. You know, Tiffany, it's music to my ears that you keep reiterating that at the end of the day, it's about communication. It's about having conversations and meeting people where they are, connecting with them and truly getting to know them on a deeper level to try and figure out what makes them tick. What are they looking for? What's their vision? And then I get to decide how I tap into that and how I can be of service or how I can make an impact, help them make that vision come true. So it's, it's so beautiful that you keep coming back because that's the big thing that I think if most leaders got the fact that communication is key, we'd be so much further along. At least that's what I think. I, I believe that 110%. Honestly, I say it all the time that communication is the number one skill that will make or break your success in so many facets of workplace (laughs) dynamics. And if you don't have that right, I mean, good luck. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully what we're sharing is really helping you to feel a lot more confident in in, in understanding and really recognizing that communications at the foundation of it all. It's going to help bridge collaboration. It's going to avoid confrontation. It's going to move you faster in your career. It's going to build more meaningful relationships. It's going to amplify your income. Uh All of these things Uh comes down to effective communication. 100%. And when we do it right, not only do we benefit, but the people around us benefit. You know, you mentioned it right at the beginning that your passion is shining the light on your team. You want other people to succeed too. And that's really, to me, the image of a true leader, that it's not only about me, but it's about everybody else. When we all thrive and succeed, I feel so much better. I feel like I've accomplished something instead of if it's just me. That's thriving and succeeding. So I'm so grateful that you highlighted that. Oh, it's so true. And and also think of it this way, right? That's going to create a lot of inspiration from others towards you. (laughs) You're going to be the leader that people want to work under. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the one that people want to collaborate with. You're going to be the one that's thought of for new projects because you have proven yourself time and time again in the past and you can deliver on that. So there's a lot of good ancillary types of effects yeah. that come from this as well and, and lean into that. It's going to benefit you tremendously. Mm-hmm. So sometimes things get tough. You can do everything right. You can advocate for yourself. You can share the why, what's in it for them, and still not get what you wanted, whether it's getting the promotion, getting the raise, getting the team. We either succeed or we don't. And I guess, how do you think women leaders should handle setbacks or failures in a way that reinforces their credibility and builds their resilience, because that is bound to happen in the world we live in. Most definitely. You, you said it, the resilience piece here is key, right? In, in large part, it's going to dictate how you respond in these situations. I often like to say we grow through what we go through. Mm. And so what we're experiencing Beautiful. is something that 
we probably had to live to some degree. How you respond makes all the difference. And one thing that I often say is that if it's a no for now, it's not a no for never. Yes. I'm all about helping turn no's into eventual yeses. That is our onus though, right? Uh-huh. We need to decide what do we need to do to turn that no into a yes. Uh-huh. It's a promotion as, a, as an example. If you're getting a pushback, there's a reason for that pushback. Where is that pushback coming from? Do they believe that you're not ready for that promotion at all? Is there something else that they need to see? We need to get to the, the, the meat of uh-huh. what is missing to close that gap. And mm. by doing that, sure, maybe the promotion wouldn't have happened directly when you wanted it right now. But by doing this really intentionally, you will be much better equipped to land that promotion in the next month, in the next two months, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so that is on us to be able to make sure we're taking it to that next step and turning that no into a yes, right? Same thing with salary, right? Let's say you were really banking on a salary increase. You thought things were going really well. And in the end, budgets are tight. It's not going to be a possibility. Okay, well, budgets aren't going to be tight forever. True. And on top of it, we need to build our business case if we've brought a lot of value and impact, which is a lot of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Right? And you've driven business results to a large degree. There should still be some type of benefit for you in that, right? Uh And so if it's not right now, and that's where empathy kicks in, Uh right? Where maybe we understand that right now, this might be a bit more challenging in terms of budget allocated for these types of races. And I understand that. What can we do together that will allow me to move towards that salary target before the end of the year, (laughs) right? That'll give us a little bit more runway, right? And then you start getting into action plan mode so that it's not just a no and all right, I guess I have to leave and find a new job. No, that's not necessarily the only answer. (laughs) This is where that resilience piece kicks in. Uh The more that you build up that resilience, you're going to be able to handle any situation that comes your way. It's why I I grew significantly in one organization for an extended period of time, which is in many cases a lot harder to do than bouncing from one job to another. Uh Because you, you need to learn how to navigate those moments of adversity, of difficulty, of challenge, of pushback. Mm-hmm. And so you are going to be much more equipped for everything that you face as a result. Mm-hmm. And so never take no as an answer. It's just a no for now, not a no for never. Beautiful. I am going to remember that. I'm going to shout it out. I need to put it on. I'm sure you have put it on Instagram. <laughs> that is so crucial <laughs> because isn't that where we often stop ourselves? We, we accept the no and then we move on. Yeah. And yeah. we, we probably miss so many opportunities when, when we don't dig in and, and ask ourselves the deeper question, okay, how can I turn that no into an eventual yes? And it might not be the yes with this specific person or company. It could be a yes with somebody else, but that's the jumping off point. And if we accept it, it doesn't become a stepping stone. No, don't don't take it at, at face value. There's always more information and insight that you can gain here. Mm-hmm. And that's what taking control of your career is really all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's about not leaving it to chance, saying, okay, if this is a role, a company I really want to grow with, there's got to be a way to make it work. And also at one point, they also have to meet you halfway, right? Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like it's constant challenge and resistance after multiple attempts, yeah, that might be a sign that this isn't maybe not the organization that's really supporting your growth goals, <laughs> but at least you will know that you've done everything that you could and that you didn't leave any stone unturned. And you'll be more at peace with that when you do take a different challenge on instead of wondering what if, maybe if I did something differently or carrying over problems into a different organization because you didn't take the time really to solve those where you previously were. 100%. Thank you so much. I think the clarity you gave us in terms of 
what advocating for ourselves can look like and that there's no one way to do it, that gives us so much more permission to just try something and see how it works. And if it doesn't work, try something else, work with a mentor, try and figure it out instead of simply giving up and saying, okay, I tried it once, it didn't work, so it's time to move on. Definitely. You owe it to yourself. Mm -hmm. This is your career. You need to be able to show up for you, Mm -hmm. believe in you and Mm -hmm. trust in yourself and be confident that you are absolutely worthy of everything that you want to achieve. And Mm -hmm. self-advocacy is really at the heart of that because we play a very active role in our career growth and progression Mm -hmm. and what we welcome into our life. And so- I'm just a huge, huge advocate for self-advocacy. Again, like I said, I've learned that a little bit the hard way mm-hmm. earlier in my career and why I just see such a powerful shift for female leaders when they start doubling down in this area and are not shameful, embarrassed, shy, or nervous to do it. Mm-hmm. You owe it to yourself to bring your best self forward and self-advocacy is going to help get you there. Thank you so much. And I owe it to my listeners to find out where can they find you and how can they work with the incredible Tiffany Yuma because you have so many fantastic programs and people have to go check out your website. So please tell us where can they find you? How can they work with you? Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. (laughs) I'm blushing. Um, Okay. Well, I think a good starting point is certainly my website, www.tiffanyhuman.com. You'll see a little bit around me and my programs there. Um, I have two core programs that I offer. One is called Inevitable Success. It is an amazing group mentorship program where I come with you every single week, once a week, where we go together and dive into a pertinent workplace topic where I share my exact proven best practices to position you for the most success and amplify your confidence, influence, and impact in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I also have my career success fast track program, which is my most popular coaching program. This is very much focused on career acceleration. So uh-huh. whether you're looking to two to three extra rate of promotions, secure five and six figure salary raises, land dream jobs in record time, and of course, build up the needed soft skills and strategy from growth mindset, personal branding, communication, and work-life balance to make it happen, this is for you. Um, Of course, if you have questions or follow-ups, probably the best way is either email me at tiffanyhuman at tiffanyhuman.com or reach out to me on social media. My Instagram is at tiffany.human. You could send me a DM. Let me know that you've tuned into today's episode. Yes, please. (laughs) I'd always love to know what your takeaways are. Uh, Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Tiffany Human. I'm the only one. You'll find me really quickly. Send me a message there. Uh, But please get in touch. I would be so, so honored to support you in your journey, in your leadership path to success and make sure that you are getting it right every single time. Tiffany, thank you so much. I think you know this by now. And I think my listeners who've been with us for a while, they know I'm such a big fan girl of yours. So thank you for (laughs) your time today. Thank you for the difference that you're making. And we look forward to having you back on the show. Oh, and thank you. And thank you for creating such a wonderful podcast. I mean, I just love listening in. I think you bring a ton of value in every episode. And I love that it is founded on communication because that is so essential. Um, So you are doing incredible work. And I was really, really honored to, to be your guest again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tiffany. Take care. You too. Bye. I knew that my conversation with Tiffany Human 
was going to be amazing, but she completely blew my mind. Tiffany knows what it takes to be a true leader. She has a wealth of knowledge and lived experiences. And I appreciate the fact that she shares it so freely, not only with me, but with you. And I hope you were taking notes. And if you did, feel free to come back to the episodes. Jot down a few notes, try out a few of the strategies that Tiffany shared with us. And the two things that will always stand out is how to communicate your value in terms of the what, how, and the results. What an easy template to use whenever you want to talk about the impact that you're having at work. So I hope you took that to heart. And then the second thing that stood out for me is that no is never a no. So whether it's a no today, whether it's a no tomorrow, ask yourself, what can you do? What can you change? What can you grow to make it an eventual yes? And it might be a yes with somebody else. But if you want that yes, if you're passionate about what you're doing, if you're passionate about your craft, if you're passionate about the people that you are leading, keep growing, keep learning, keep pushing until you get the results that you want. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast episode. I had a wonderful time and I hope you did too. And if you would like to find out what type of leader you are and how you communicate as a leader, please, please, please go check out my free quiz. It'll take you less than two minutes and you will find out what type of leader and communicator you are and what strategies are working for you and perhaps what one or two things you can continue working on. So grab the quiz link in the show notes, go take the quiz, check it out, and share your insights with us. What were your biggest takeaways? And would you like to have Tiffany on the podcast again? And there you have it, my friend. That's a wrap for today's episode. I look forward to connecting again. Take care.